0: You're listening to Stocks for Docs, a podcast to educate healthcare professionals to build wealth through value investing in the stock market. I'm your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Stocks for Docs. I am your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo, and I'm excited and happy to be back with you for another episode. And it is summertime here, it's uh, just the start of summer. My oldest daughter, Olivia, who is seven and just finished first grade, is off from school. And it's definitely an exciting time because we're finally, finally able to make some travel plans. After like 18 months or so of COVID, we are hoping to at least do some local trips. You know, we're thinking maybe driving down to LA, maybe going to Austin and Hawaii, uh, if, if all works out for us. but. Just the thought of getting back on an airplane and going to a different place and traveling is definitely very exciting. And uh, I hope all of you are well and staying healthy and able to enjoy some of the outdoors this summer and get back to a little bit of normalcy after this pandemic. At the same time, I'm hoping that you've been following along with our investment thoughts and discussions that we've had up, up until now. We've had many episodes that have kind of gone over some of the core values of value investing, the thoughts and principles set by some of our um, expert investors like Charlie Munger and uh, Warren Buffett. And, you know, I'm very much uh, in favor of taking a very systematic approach, something that makes sense, that's not arbitrary, it's not gambling, but something that's low risk, high reward. To really protect your wealth, but really grow your wealth, um, so you can plan for a better future, a better today, even um, as you continue on in your work, in your career, in your life. And so, if you've been following along, you may soon, if not already, gotten there to this point where, okay, I'm ready. You know, I have read all I want to read. I have know understood some of these principles. I'm doing research on looking and finding wonderful companies that I want to be part owner in. And I'm ready. I want to go ahead and make that first investment. Uh, There's a huge pull and an excitement and uh, almost a restlessness, if you will, on wanting to get make that first uh, purchase or first buy. You know, you don't want to miss out anymore. There's a lot of emotions that come along with that. And I had it. I I remember being really excited when I made my first investment purchase. There were definitely a lot of emotions and a lot of uh, anxiety, if you will, that went into that. Uh, And so when I think about making your first purchase, you know, now when I think back at that time, I think there's a few things on that checklist that you want to make sure you have accomplished before you go ahead and click that button that says buy on whatever brokerage account you're working with. Before you pull that trigger, you just want to make sure you're ready, um, that you've checked it out, that you're not missing anything, there's no big blind spots that you've missed, uh, that you're really ready. And so this episode is really going to focus on what do you need to do just before you make that first investment? How do you know that you're ready? And then once you are ready, how do you go about pulling that trigger and some of the things that might help you make those decisions? So how do you know that you're ready? Well, first and foremost, there's a feeling, right? There's this anticipation that I want to get in on the action that I've read enough. I, I want to be there. Well, that's great. If you've gotten to that point, that means you've done some work. You've you know done some research on some companies. You have a few companies, at least on your, on your wish list, or think that they are the right ones that you want to invest in. And you've identified at least one company that meets meets all those criteria. So to recap, the criteria that we've been talking about, right? So they have kind of meet all those principles. So they are one within your circle of competence. It's something that you understand. It's a business that you understand. Either you are a consumer or you have read enough about it. You it's a you are part of that field or industry, uh, and you enjoy spending time learning about it. Because remember, these are lifelong relationships. That's the way you want to think about it. It's not something you're going to buy today and you're going to sell tomorrow necessarily, but you really want to have the mentality going into it that you are going to be a part owner in this company. And so it has met those requirements of being in your circle of competence Next, you have really drilled down and honed in on what their moat is. What is the durable advantage that this company has that's going to make it outlast and outperform its competitors? That's going to make it special. You know, what are those elements and can they sustain those elements? Can they widen and broaden those elements as time goes on? Will that advantage stay? It really is such a key clutch part of any business. Um, that keeps it sustainable you know the lifelong the lifetime of businesses are just not as long as it used to be because the competition is fierce and you really want to make sure that you're picking companies that can 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 last because you don't want a company that's going to be outperformed or a competitor that's going to come in and take over that industry within a couple of years of, of you buying this business. Next is management you would really like to you know have a management you want to make sure that you have a management that's Good and honest, and doing the right thing for that company, that the CEO, the board of directors represent what it is that you want in your own values and missions when you invest, um, and that they are capable, right? Capable of making money, being profitable, growing the business in the right way. And last but not least, as you figured out the price, and this is where you might need to do a little math. And do a little uh, work, or you know go online and try to figure out what the value right the intrinsic value of that company, and then come up for yourself you know either based on owner earnings or uh, free cash flow, or whatever you choose to do is figure out that margin of safety price. What is the price that makes sense for me to buy this at, and then where is that price today? So assuming you 've done your work and you 've figured out all of these things and you 've identified a company and the price makes sense right now well okay that 's great you 've you've figured out a company, and you've put it on your wish list. That's a huge accomplishment by itself. Even if you've not bought it, just getting to that point is a huge accomplishment and you should applaud yourself and be proud of yourself for getting to that point. Now, once you've found that company, right? So say you've decided on company A, you're going to go ahead and invest in company A. This is where I would say pause, pause and check your emotions. And what I mean by that is Figure out why it is you're going to buy it. Are you really buying it because you believe in this company and it's a wonderful company? Or are there other reasons that are driving you? It's, is there a hype because that company's been in the news a lot recently? Uh, you're you know, afraid of missing out on it? Or you just want to go out and buy something because you've been doing this for so long and you're frustrated that you haven't actually bought anything. Make sure that you are ready to buy this company in all the other ways as well. And then I would say, check your bias and this is something that Charlie Munger talks about he says invert the story that's kind of the phrase that he uses and what he means by that is play devil's advocate almost so you have your reasons for why this company is so wonderful pick the top three reasons and then try to argue with them find holes in them you know uh, rebuttal them cross-examine them really try to argue against buying this company and see if the argument against it is stronger and the argument for it, and this is hard to do, you know you kind of get emotionally attached to the company by the time you get to get it on your wish list, and you really want to believe that this is the company that you're gonna buy so at this point, to then go and purposefully try to you know just go against it is actually very taxing and very emotionally hard to do, but it really is how you're gonna save yourself from making big errors and big mistakes um from buying a company uh, you know in the wrong time or when because you're just so emotionally blinded by it. One of the things Charlie Munger says a lot is, you know, there's nothing more than Warren Buffett likes to do than to say no to him, um, to, to poke holes and to find flaws in an idea or an investment that he wants to make. And while it might sting for, for a couple of minutes, um, in the long term it's definitely doing you a huge favor. Um, and so maybe talk to other people about the company you're thinking about go online and just do a quick search. Why not to buy company A? I guarantee you there's a bunch of articles out there because there's lots of analysts on both sides of every company. And at least they'll bring about some perspective or make some arguments about why you shouldn't buy that company and just make sure you've thought through those. And you can then rebuttal the rebuttal, right? So if you've decided on company A, but now you 've made an argument for a couple of reasons why you shouldn 't you can counter argue it and see if your counter argument is stronger. It should be stronger for it to prove that it 's still worth your your investment um, and so do that exercise. It is a little hard, and you know the easiest way I found is just to go online as opposed to trying to create my own rebuttals. I just go online and read articles by either seeking Alpha or Motley Fool or any of these online platforms and I just you know Google. Reasons not to buy company A stock and you'll get at least a couple of articles that kind of go through things that, you know, you may or may not agree with, but at least you'll think about and things that you may not have thought about might come up and then you have the opportunity to look into it a little bit more. So really be cognizant of your confirmation bias and avoid it at all costs. Do the work at this point to check the holes, check the flaws of that company, of your thought process. Uh, And make sure that it still stays on your wish list. And if you discover, even at that point, if you discover that, hey, I really can't justify or overcome some of these arguments, I can't make a strong enough case against it, then that's okay. You can easily move that company from your wish list to, a okay, it's just too hard at this point list Um, or not now list or whatever you want to call it. And don't think that then all that time you spent earlier coming up with that company and doing the research and work for that company was in vain because any amount of investment research you do is not in vain. It's it's teaching you something. It's the experience that goes behind it because I guarantee you there'll come a time where a similar company or a company within that industry will come up five or six years later. And now that you've done all the work within that industry, it's going to help you then decide about that second company. So it's never in vain. It teaches you a lot of principles. And the more often you do it, the faster and more efficient you become in it. So think of it as a learning process. Remember, this is a lifelong learning process. It's a practice, if you will. Just like in medicine, right, we're always learning, we're always optimizing, updating our information, getting newer, better, safer ways to do things and enhance our patient care. It's a very similar concept where your past knowledge is just, you're just going to build upon it. Whether or not you do that particular procedure that time, all the learning that you've done for it will come in handy the next opportunity you get for it. So say you've gone to this point now, you've done the work, you've picked a company, you've made sure it met all the principles, the price is on sale currently, so it's a good time to buy it. You've checked your confirmation bias, you've thought about it from both sides and you're still convinced that this is a good buy, it's a good purchase, it's a good company, it's something you want to be a part of. Perfect. So you've gotten to this point. Now what? Well, now comes the practical side of it, which is okay, you actually need to have an account, and how do you actually go about doing it? And this is where the concept of practice shares um, come in. So practice shares was the first time I heard the term was actually when I read the book Invested by Danielle Town and Phil Town which is a book that I highly recommend and I have some information about it on my website. But she talks about this concept of practice shares, which is really just the first time you're deciding to do this is buying a couple of shares, not as an investment, but as sort of a practice round. And if you want to equate it to something that we do in medicine, I think of a simulation. So learning by simulation is is huge in education and medical education currently. And we have, you know, these very high, sophisticated, complex mannequins now that we can do procedures on and learn diagnostic skills on and ultrasound on. And, it, you know, it's a great way to practice on a not a live patient, some complex uh, diagnostic and procedural skills before the first time you have to do it on a real patient. And while it's not perfect, right? It's, there's still some differences, it's still better than doing nothing, and it still teaches and it's been proven as a great way to learn and educate our, our, our learners. And so practice shares is similar. The concept is basically you're gonna buy, so whatever company, it doesn't really matter honestly which company you purchase, but you're gonna buy a couple of shares, you know maybe a few you know a few dollars a few dollars worth of shares now it has to be low enough that you're you know you're willing to lose it cuz you're you're paying for the experience you're not paying to make money at this point you're not buying an investment you're just paying for the experience so it needs to be low enough that you can lose it but it needs to be high enough that it makes an impact and your emotions are are affected by it that you actually care right cuz if you're going to just go put a dollar or 2 dollars or 5 dollars even or even $20, maybe it won't make much of a difference to you. But once I get to maybe a couple hundred dollars, right, $200, $300, well then I kind of care what happens to that money, right? I would never take $300 and just burn it in front of my eyes. It would be very hard to do that or even take a couple of dollar bills and throw it in the trash, that's hard to do. Uh, so think of it that way, but you're, you know, you're paying for the experience of it. It's like an educational opportunity. And really what you're doing is you're picking your platform. So whatever brokerage platform you're going to go with, you know, we've, there's so many out there. Um, I don't really give recommendations on them. I I tell, you know, I can tell you that I use Merrill Lynch because I'm a Bank of America customer and Merrill Lynch platform, the edge platform comes free. It's easy to link to my bank accounts. Um, And, uh, you know, it's pretty easy for me to use. And so that's what I've been using for, for the last few years. But there's many out there. I would say just whenever you're picking, be cognizant of the hidden fees. You shouldn't be paying for trading anymore, which means you shouldn't pay to buy, like a flat fee to buy or a flat fee to sell. There shouldn't be any of that anymore. And it should be something that's, you know, relatively easy to use, that it's easy to link to your accounts to fund, you know, the interface and the experience is something you enjoy and it's not too cumbersome. So whatever it is, you kind of need to, you know, just physically and literally understand We'll learn how to use it, kind of how to log in, know your password, you know, just the normal things that you need to do when when operating a program. So you pick your program, you pick your platform, you've linked it to your account, you have your money that's linked, and then you've, you know, you're able to bring it over to the brokerage account. Um, And so now you're like, okay, you put in the company code, so you decide you want to buy, right? So we're going to go and hit buy, and then it'll probably bring up a page. And then you have to type in the stock symbol, so the ticker symbol, um, and then find the company that you want to buy. And then you need to either put in the amount of shares you want to buy. So I want to put in 10 shares or five shares or whatever. Or you can sometimes you can do it by dollar amount. So it can say, okay, you, know, you want to buy $100 worth or $200 worth, and then it'll tell you how many shares that's going to buy. And then you have to kind of decide, then the next one, the next button somewhere down there will be order button. And this is the type of order. Now there's many different types of orders. The most popular ones that I can tell you are limit order. And this basically means that you are setting the price. So you are setting a price that if that when the market is open and if the price that you are setting is either equivalent or the market price is lower, it'll buy it. So I say, okay, I'm gonna buy company A and I'm gonna set an order. At $25 a share. And so when the market opens, and if we're talking about the New York New York Exchange, it's open from 9 30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time. So once the market opens, it's gonna look at that limit order. And if there's a seller who's selling it at either 25 or less dollars, my order will go through. Or you can buy it at market price, which means that whatever the price is when the market opens is, is what you're gonna purchase it at. Now, remember, for practice shares or even otherwise, it's, especially for practice shares, don't get hung up on that because, again, we're buying it for the experience. You know, you, you've decided how much money you're going to spend on this experience in general. So it doesn't quite matter as much. Um, so you're going to set it so you can do limit or market or however you want to buy it. And you're going to set that. You're going to say buy. And you're going to go through and it's going to say order status. And it's going to probably say pending right away. Uh, that means that you filed your request to buy and now the order is pending. And there's somewhere on the screen if is a reset, a refresh button. So if you are within those hours, 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the market is open. That means it's an active time and your order can go through. And if you refresh, at some point it's going to go through and then you'll see that it'll say order filled. And now, congratulations, you've become an owner in that company. I can tell you the first time I did this, it was nerve-wracking but exciting at the same moment. The moment the order went through, I was definitely nervous. Uh, I felt a little bit of uh, buyer's remorse right away because then I was like, did I buy it at the right price? Should I wait to buy it maybe in a couple hours? Would it, be, would it go down tomorrow? And there's a little bit of that that'll go through and that's okay. Those, you know, those are normal emotions that you're gonna, you may feel. And then the next thing I did is I went to my Google phone and I added that to, excuse me, not my Google phone, my iPhone, and I went into my stock exchange app uh, that comes with with all iPhones, and I added it to my list uh, if it wasn't already there. And that way I could, you know, look at like up to date pricing of that stock every moment that passed. And it went a couple of cents up, and it went a couple of cents down, and. You know, I kind of went through like, oh my God, I should have bought it an hour from now because it was actually lower than I I would have saved, you know, 12 cents on my order. And you kind of go through that until you realize, okay, I can't keep doing this all day and this is ridiculous Then you really shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Uh, But you kind of get it out of your system. And then you realize, you know, what's after the first day and the second day and then you check every week um, that it's that you know you're in it for the long haul and you really shouldn't be checking your stock prices every day because it doesn't matter what it does on a daily basis um, and so you really are in it for the long term but that will be a way to do practice shares kind of just go through the process of buying all the way through and seeing how you feel at each step and where you're getting most anxious and where um you know, where you need to kind of take a pause and realize that this is just a fleeting emotion and it's going to go away. Um, And, you know, I I do, I do truly believe in in it. And when the first time I read about it in the book, I was like, really, I need to do that. Is it going to be worth it? And trust me, it was worth it for me because it is an emotional experience, if you will. And it does make sense to do it with a small amount of money and kind of get through some of that uh, out of your system. Once you purchase it, it becomes real. It goes from this theoretical purchase to now a real purchase. And somehow that raises like new questions and new thoughts and a new way of thinking about the same company that actually is a good good thing. And so even some very experienced value investors I know will even till today, when they initially are going to purchase into a company, might buy a small portion or a small position in that company and then... After thinking about it a little bit more, because now they've, once they've bought it and they've invested emotionally a little bit more into it, that raises a different way of thinking about it. And then they go in and decide if they're going to make a second bigger purchase. Um, and that still is the is the process or strategy for many, many investors that uh, that are out there. And it also taught me that you can never time the market because no matter what you buy it at, chances are it's going to go down a couple of dollars or 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 a little bit, and then, I mean, go back up, and to kind of get it perfectly at that lowest point. It's just, it's not feasible. You don't have a crystal ball, but that's okay. If you do this the right way, those small prices, those small changes and variations in prices is not going to affect your investment in the long term because it's the value of the company. You're still buying it at a great value. So even if it goes on sale a little bit more, that's okay. You still know that the value of that company is going to be way higher than what you purchased at because that's how you've set your price. So don't get caught up in looking at prices every day. It's like trying to pick the right grocery line to stand in. You know, you're never going to get it 100% right. And it's purely, honestly, a lot of it is based on luck. And so just don't go in with that mentality and don't beat yourself up about it. If you notice that, okay, tomorrow the price went down $5 or a couple of dollars, and that's fine. As long as you've gotten it at the right price and the value is more than what you've paid for it, then you know that you've made a good investment and that price will go up. And at that point it's not you will make money, which is your goal from, from doing this whole thing. You will build wealth. So once you've done a, a couple of practice share rounds and you feel confident, I think at that point, if the company is still on your wish list, I think you're ready. You know, I think you're ready to then invest and make your true investment with some real serious money because now you've You've gone through all of the emotions in the process, at least as best as you can. Of course, it's still a different experience when you first put in that larger amount of money into an investment. But I think you have now set yourself up to be the, as as ready as you can be. And some people are more nervous than others when they do this. You know, it just depends on your mindset about money and your your thought about it. But I can tell you that you're doing this in a very responsible way, um, in a very low risk way. Uh, a strategic way. And you're definitely not gambling, but we're making conscious, invested choices. So I hope this helps. Um, I would love to hear about some of your experiences when you first make a purchase, either with buying practice shares or buying real investments. Please you know, feel free to reach out to us either through our website, stocks4docs.org, uh, and leave me a comment or a message. Thank you for listening. Until next week, stay safe, stay well, and cheers. Stocks for Docs is a podcast designed to educate healthcare professionals in building wealth through value investing. Take the first steps towards securing your future and listen weekly. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as Stocks for Docs.